there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, the theme is Chicago on today's, what is it? It's Advanced Medicine Monday. Of course, you know what it is. And why is it Chicago theme? Because there's a lot of events coming up. And whether Dr. Batar can be at every one of them, he technically will be because I'll be there. And we'll have a lot of things that you'll want to know about. But, of course, the next Advanced Medicine Seminar coming up in Chicago will give you those dates. Of course, they're linked up at advancedmedicineseminars.com. And, of course, the Autism One. We're talking autism again. Dr. Batar, the, there are two stories I want to uh, start with today, if you don't mind, coming out of the news. I covered them briefly last week, but I couldn't wait for you. But now that you're here, we gotta, we got to dig deeper. Bring it on, Robert. You know I love <laughs> this. Uh, I love to engage with you because it's a release for me. It's like a workout almost. It is. It's a good workout. You never know. I like to throw these things at you. I have all the confidence in the world. And, and the in, incredible uh, integrity with which you approach this, uh, is, as far as if you don't know something, you say, I don't know. And I'm like, wait a second. How, Dr. Pitar knows everything. No, the fact he's a good, great healer, in my opinion, because he's open in questions. And, of course, but this is, a, this is coming off of the brain surgeon from CNN, Sanjay Gupta. Remember him? He's, a, he's oh, doing, yeah. doing something called the Gupta Guide Online. And okay. he and he, so he sometimes he does some good work despite the fact that he's not intelligent enough not to take Tylenol during the flu. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but when they do good things, I also say, I spotlight it. But here is this story called autism tied to valproate in pregnancy. I don't even know if I'm saying that drug name right because that's not something I've had a lot of interaction with. They call it Depakon. Yeah, it's actually valproic acid or it's also commonly known as Depakote. You probably heard oh, of it yes. as Depakote, which is an anti-seizure medication. And um, there's many other names for it. I think Depakine is one other brand name and uh, Stavazor or something like that. I don't remember all the different names, but it's a, the generic is valproic acid. Okay. And, and, it, and so you say it's utilized for uh, typically seizure as a seizure medicine. Correct. And, and that's interesting to me because, of course, we know of a lot of the damage to the gut associated with vaccines are directly related. So interesting, though, in this case, they're saying in utero exposure to the drug. In other words, the mom could be pregnant and be exposed to it is linking to now what they call a five-fold elevated risk of autism and a three-fold elevated risk of autism spectrum. Well, it's also used, Depakote is also used for mood disorders and some people use it in migraines as a preventive or to break the cycle. It's uh, also sometimes used, obviously, as an anticonvulsant. We talked about it right. in epilepsy during an acute event. But, you know, one of the things that we have to remember is that anti-seizure medication, the side effects of anti-seizure medications are seizures, huh. which is, you know, we've talked about this before. This is an oxymoron, obviously, but if you read the side effects – which most people don't read the side effects on the drug insert because a patient gets a prescription from the doctor, the doctor uh, gives a prescription and the patient takes it blindly, goes to the pharmacist, gets the medicine, and then takes it. But if you bother to read the side effects on the actual drug insert, it, and the first time I saw this, it just made me go, wait a second, how can you say that the side effect of a drug is the exact situation that you're treating the person for? Mm -hmm. How can you say that the side effect 
of taking this medicine for X is X. Hmm. And that's what they're saying. They're, in actuality, that anti-seizure medication, side effect of anti-seizure medications is seizure activity. So having said that, that kind of sets the platform from where we're going to go into this sure. argument for autism now. Well, and, and you know, you, the way you related it, it sounded like they were, they almost went homeopathic and then they went, Ah, screw it. We're going allopathic. Let's just give them the stuff that causes the thing in the amount that causes it, right? Yeah, We're- exactly. I was going to say that with homeopathic, it's a huge difference because there's, there's a serial dilution down, as you know, better yeah. than I do. Uh, very different than what they were trying to do. But yeah, you're right. They they may have like opened the door for homeopathy and then slammed it shut. Yeah, right? exactly. It was like they could have seen it. Oh, there they go. They went. And so the American Academy of Neurology is now recommending avoiding these, these this category, these this drug during pregnancy. But it, it occurs to me, too, that if a woman is needing it, and let's just say it's not for the mood or headache migraine issue, maybe this woman has a predisposed predispos- or is actually having a seizure disorder. I'm thinking there's probably already gut issues, maybe even mercury issues in a mom that's having this problem. Well, to me, Robert, very simply, mm-hmm. having a seizure is like having a pile of manure in your living room. If you take something like Depakote or any other drug that's designed as an anti-seizure medication, that's like bringing in a blanket or a carpet and throwing it on this huge pile of manure in your living room. Nah, and I don't care nasty. what you do, how many times you stomp on it and you yeah. flatten it out. Well, now I can smell it. Okay, let's pr- spray some air freshener, some perfume. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's still kind of lumpy. Okay, let's roll over it you know, with a, with a roller or stomp it down a little bit further. I don't care how you sugarcoat it, you still have a pile of manure in your living room. Using a drug for a problem like an ant for a seizure met- um, disorder yeah. is is exactly that because the reason the person is having the seizure has not been addressed. I mean this is it's so ridiculous to me. I don't understand why the whole world doesn't see the <laughs> flaw in this thought process. You don't give a drug for a problem when you don't even understand what's causing the problem because how do you know you're not exacerbating and contributing to the problem? That's just one of millions of possibilities. But you don't even know what causes it and now you just start blanketly throwing things into the mixture, into the milieu and you expect a different response? Mm. See, I, I mean we have treated probably a, a fourth to a fifth of the autism patients that we've treated in our clinic have seizure disorders. And the first thing that I do – well, I'm not going to say that because then there's going to be people who are going to start trying to do it and have cause problems for themselves. Yeah. But one of the things that we do in process as we start to get the metals out of their systems, which was causing the seizures, we start backing up on the seizure medication and they don't have seizures anymore because the seizures are being caused due to a significant imbalance within the neurochemistry. And when we pull out the metals and help to reestablish the normal balance, yes. guess what? the brain starts no working the same way again. Yeah, and gut flora does have a lot to do with it as well. I have uh, addressed this homeopathically for many years outside of uh, you know a head injury, and we know that that could trigger seizures. But the, the majority of the ones that I have all, uh, I've seen over the years have all had the, the classic gut dysbiosis. I mean, there was damage to the gastrointestinal tract, and that was a, a primary source of a lot of the electrical activity imbalance, believe it or not. And, of course, heavy metals also played a role in it. But when, when I corrected these things, imagine that. They were able to kind of ease off of those anti-seizure medications. Yeah, so let's clarify that. It's not that they, it's not that they were low in probiotics that was causing no. this problem with the gut dysbiosis is causing that. And we have to make sure that we're sure. very clear about this, Robert. Yeah. It's because a lot of the neurochemicals 
that are found inside the brain are also found inside the gut. So when you yeah. have abnormal gut function and you have a dysbiotic scenario and you have the lack of the good bacteria and you have an overabundance of the bad flora and you have candidiasis and leaky gut and all this stuff going on, yes. obviously your entire chemical basis in that, in that gut is now off. And when that's off, you throw off that entire balance. Well, again, neurochemistry and the gut chemistry are very similar. Many of the neurotransmitters are found inside the gastrointestinal system. So that's the reason that you start seeing such an association because the same chemicals are having an effect in both arenas. So when you start dealing with the gut and rebalancing the gut, you're actually improving the neurotransmitter balance within the second brain, which is a gastric, uh, right. the gut the, the gastrointestinal area. Exactly. And that affects the entire mesenteric plexus, and then you actually have the same uh, secondary residual effect now on the neurobalance. Mesenteric plexus. That's one of the cooler words you've used in a while now, Dr. Batar. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking we could come up with a good science fiction film. We title it Met the Mesenteric Plexus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just occurred to me. Sounds I'm like sorry. the Matrix or something. It does, doesn't it? It's like yeah. there's an offshoot of the Matrix, the Matrix, yeah. the Mesenteric Plexus. So the gut health, again, we come back to it, and there's so much that is now being discovered about it, revealed even in the scientific journals. Yet there's so much they still don't get. It's, you know, it, it can be right out there for them to see, and they look right past it, just like they re- look right past homeopathy in this case. And this past week saw one of those events that was so obvious. You know, the, the entire autism community, if I can call it that, those that have vaccine damaged family, they're all learning about the gut, so they're almost more well versed on what what is really going on there than the doctors that have told them it's all in their head, it's not real, no vaccines did anything. And it relates to another vaccine that they're actually now proposing to actually help control some autism symptoms. Do you see this one through Science Daily? Yeah, the clostridium issue. Yeah, yeah. No, we, you know, I've talked about the clostridium difficile, although in the 90s I'd never heard of it. It was, wasn't an issue. That was when they were talking about helicobacter pylori in the stomach. But suddenly uh, I saw the, you know, the growth of the, not only the antacids, but the PPI drugs and things were leading to more aberrant bacterial growth in the small intestine. But now they're saying, hey, since we've identified this Clostridium boltiae, I don't know if that's pronounced that way, but they're saying, oh, wait, it's in a lot of these kids uh, with autism spectrum disorders. I wonder if we can vaccinate them for that bacteria. I'm thinking, oh, my God, are these people serious? Yeah, this is, again, such an imbecilic, if that's such a word. It uh, is. An imbecilic type of uh, association. Is that a word? It, it is. It up. is. And, it, and it's appropriate. It's not as cool as the other word, the mesenterics, whatever. But Yeah. <laughs> Well, for those that want to know, the mesenteric plexus is this entire conglomeration of tissue that has nerves and has blood supply and everything that feeds the the bowel. And so we may not often talk about the mesenteric plexus, but it's a very important and crucial component. And for anybody who's involved with surgery, whenever you're operating on the gut, you have to be very cognitive and conscious of what you're doing with the mesenteric plexus because if you disturb that or, you know, cut something, you can actually cause a huge imbalance to occur. So you can cause, um, obviously, lack of blood flow and, and lack of innervation to certain areas of the gut. So the mesenteric plexus actually is very important, all kidding aside. But yes. let's come back to this imbecilic <laughs> uh, association with this clostridium. Boli- I would think that I would call that the imbecilic plexus that's in the doctors here. 
Well, that is a very, very <laughs> appropriate term, actually, that you just used there, Robert. Now, I don't even know how to say this. Uh, Boltier, I guess. Is I, that's what I say, Boltier. I think unless we get a Latin major calling us back, Boltier is what we'll go with. Right, okay. Well, Clostridium Boltier, whatever that is, it's obviously a subspecies of Clostridium. But to say that, okay, we've seen an association with this particular bacteria in autistic children, and so helping to control the autism symptoms by creating a vaccine for this. Let me give you what the analogy would be. This is, again, you've heard me say this before during the seminars at the Advanced Medicine Seminars, Robert, but this is like making an association that every time I see a fire, I see fire engines. So therefore, I conclude that fire engines cause fires. So now what they want to do is they want to inoculate the fires against fire engines, which what do you think that that will do (laughs) to the fire? God, man. I mean, it is absolutely, I mean, so far off the track, you know, you're not even on the same planet anymore. The, the thing is that children that have autism, and let's just talk about the definition of autism again. I mean, I have said this for a thousand years. It's in, be- well, a thousand years, energetic, yes. maybe I have been saying a thousand years. It seems like it's been for a thousand years. Right, right. But I have said this over and over again. It's in numerous books now that different people have written, and they've quoted me saying this. Autism is nothing more then mercury toxicity, it's heavy metals overall, and there's also persistent organic pollutants. But by definition, mercury is always there. Mercury toxicity on board a physiology that has a genetic predisposition for the inability to excrete. That's all that autism is. Okay, that's one reason that our DVD on autism is called Autism, the Misdiagnosis of Our Future Generations. All these things that people are associating them with, with autism with, they may play some type of a secondary or tertiary role, mm-hmm. but they, by, without any doubt, have nothing to do with the cause. It's a result. Yes. So the imbalance yeah. occurs. They get mercury on board. They get an immunosuppression. They have the denudation of the neurofibrils that only mercury causes. And then all the imbalance now sets up the house for those seven toxicities right. to even propagate further. So you end up having the secondary uh, metals coming on board. You have the second the toxicity, which is a persistent organic pollutant. You have the third toxicity, the opportunistic. So you see the spirochetes and the mycoplasma and the yeast and the bacteria and the viruses all proliferate. And then you have the energetic toxicities that come on board and the children become more sensitive to electromagnetic radiation yes. and ambient cell phone radiation and blah, 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 blah. The whole cascade comes down the line. Well, hey, Dr. Batar, on the blah, 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 blah note, we got to take a break. Okay. <laughs> We're just, he's on a roll. Dr. Batar, Advanced Medicine Monday. And Rather than to uh, accuse the bystanders who just kind of gather at every fire because everybody does to want to see what happened uh, of being the cause of the fire, we're actually going to get into more of that cause and even better. I want to take it to a practical level with Dr. Batar. There's some letters that came in about the methods that Dr. Batar has been using. I want to share them with you and I'll ask Dr. Batar to comment on it after this break. Check it all out. Links to Medical Rewind and Beyond. Remember, the next Advanced Medicine Seminar is coming up. We'll tell you more about it today as well. Stand by. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Now, I have no lack of confidence and and knowledge of the fact that Dr. Batar can take some very complex concepts and medical uh, terminology and simplify it for anybody. 
especially when we're at these advanced medicine seminars on the Saturday of the event because the Friday. Are you, are you like referring to the the manure thing? Is that what you're th- talking? That about? wasn't the manure. No, I wasn't. Now that would be a Thai thing. I think you're channeling Thai right now. Oh, okay, he's gonna love hearing that you dissed on yourself without. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. No, I'm talking about you know the complexities of of these things because you you laid it out beautifully as far as the description of what autism really is. But it is it's complex. It's there's medical issues there, and and, and sometimes it's hard to make that bridge, but. When we've been together at the advanced medicine seminars, of course, Friday is a big, intense day for all the healthcare providers, and Saturday, the healthcare providers and everybody else can come in. And it's amazing how all of this makes sense on every level, and it's brought down so that the most basic can be, you know, absorbed immediately and utilized. You can actually use the information. Now, we've talked also about the associations, creating associations where the free flow of information, this kind of information can get out there. And there are doctors you've trained that are already kicking those things into gear. And those of you who have already signed up for the newsletter at robertscottbell.com, you're getting that information so you can access it too. But here's, here's the thing as you, as you take that complexity. How did you figure this thing out? I mean, I'm not doubting your smarts. That's not the issue. Maybe Ty would, but not me. Uh, you know, taking that complex and putting it into practice, what was it that triggered it? Well, they say that desperation is the mother of all innovation, and obviously you're already very well aware of what happened with my son, and, and that was the greatest motivation. And then the puzzle aspect, you know, you come across a puzzle and you you need to solve it, and you can't solve it. And, of course, the reward at the end of this particular puzzle is recovery of your own child and so that's, there's no greater motivation than that and you know a lot of this stuff Robert let me back up for a second when sure. you were talking about the complexity yes it's really not that complex it's it seems complex but as you know most truths are not really complicated they're they're very simple it's that we tend to make things complicated being humans. Mm-hmm. So when you start looking at this from a global perspective, it actually is very simple. And, and the simplicity of it is that here's a poison. It's well established that it's the second most toxic substance known to man. Yes. And it's introduced into a developing brain and it causes that brain to go into a tailspin. And the people that say, well, what about the other children that don't have it? We all have it. We are all exposed to it. The only problem is that certain people's genetics can't expel it. And we see it affecting all spectrums of the population. So for the older people that are in their 60s and 70s and 80s, when they weren't getting hit with the number of vaccines that children get hit with today, they've got an overall lifetime accumulation, which is being added to with the flu shots, et cetera, the dental amalgam. So they're chronically accumulating this so that at a certain point, it causes finally the distortion in the brain and then causes the Alzheimer's and or some of these other neurological aspects, adult onset dementia, et cetera. Or in the children that are being born in, in the last 15, 20 years since 1991, so the last 21 years since the or 22 years since the advent of the uh, National Vaccine Initiative, their developing brains are being bombarded with the same poison. And so, you know, hopefully I just simplified it. And I know you know that that's basically mm-hmm. that's all it is. Everything else, the chemistry and, and some of those other components that we deal with, they're really to help support and to get the train moving in the right direction. But the simplicity of it is sure. just what I just said. Yeah, you know, I've been to a lot of these medical conferences and, and sometimes they will – I don't know if it's purposefully done, but they're they're in this egghead PhD realm sometimes, and that's where they they're getting it and losing the forest through the trees. And they may have identified a specific pathway, and they know how to manage it now. But for the, all these parents of vaccine damaged children, 
you know, that, that's not all that, that helpful unless there's something they can tap into and there are not enough Dr. Batars to go around, even though you're, you're doing your level best as we are here to, to wake up all of the, the healing community to tap in and apply them, apply these methods in, in, in these ways. That's, again, the advanced medicine seminars as well. So the practicality of it is we have, or maybe it's impractical, a lot of docs out there going, do this, do this, do this, and everybody's confused. But, but my bottom line is the results. I want to see consistent results, and I don't think that that's happening across the board anywhere except, well, maybe with what we've been talking about. Well, the results speak for themselves, Robert, and we've had um, since we started this two, three years before I testified, so around 2001, you know, my son was born in 1999, January 1999. I started his treatments at his, on his third birthday and um, you was know, playing around with things, trying to figure out what to do in 2001. But 2002 is really when everything started. And uh, since then, you know, we're 11 years out now since then. Yes. And at last count, it was almost 30,000 children worldwide that have been treated using our protocol through over 1,800 doctors. Um, we've treated almost 1,800 cases in our clinic alone. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those that, those that have uh, delved into it, they know what the truth is, and it, it works. That's all I can tell you. Well, I have a, an email here that I want to read, and Dr. Batar, you have obviously you've trained doctors. We've met a number of them at these at the seminars. This one comes out of uh, Dr. Gabriel. Dr. Gabriel's nurse sent a letter of response because evidently Dr. Gabriel has now integrated your protocols into helping these children who are vaccine damaged within to the autism spectrum, however people define it. We've got a, a perspective on it here that's unique and different, and then it allows us to tap into it. Now, they have written some really profound – well, it's not even them written. It's like the people that are coming to see them with their kids are writing these responses. And if you don't mind, I, wanna, I, wanna, I normally don't read stuff, but I think this is just too, too important. Yeah, actually, Dr. Gabriel is a pediatrician and has been treating autism for some time and just recently implemented the key component, which is removal of the mercury, using our mechanism, the way we do it. And this email is from one of Dr. Gabriel's nurses who actually recovered her own son using our protocol. So she sent me a very interesting Hmm. email afterwards saying basically that she has her first bottle of the TDDMPS that she used, or I'm sorry, the last bottle of the TDDMPS she used on her son before he was finally uh, considered to be neurotypic and recovered. And uh, so she sent that email. Yeah, and this is basically asking for responses. How's everything doing after the first wave of the protocol? And one mom writes in, much more spontaneous language from Justin, obviously to her son. He's even slept through the night two times, played with his sisters yesterday and seeks them out when he comes home. All new behaviors for us. I mean, that, that's just one. Let me read one, another one. Anne-Marie, uh, we're doing well also. More talking, still a lot of rambling, like he has all these thoughts in his head, and they are all coming out at once. But he's also speaking in longer sentences when he is making sense. And ups and downs with detox, a few more meltdowns, but, but the, he says it's a great trade-off because the language is coming back. So the, you can see the excitement of, of these parents that are identifying some major leaps from where it was before, and this is only after the first wave as I'm reading this, Dr. Batar. Yeah, that's actually only after the first two or three weeks of treatment. Yeah, this is good. And then another mom writes, ups and downs over here too, but I will certainly take it. Jumping up and down and saying, Mom, 
when I got home, spontaneous language and putting words together in sentences. And they're all putting little smiley faces so you know they're their moms, right? Because dads don't typically do that. Right, right. In the language here. Although he apparently doesn't need sleep anymore. used to be uh, 7 to 7 every night. Now it's a party till 9-ish. Talking, uh, taking it as testing his mom and dad. Maybe more typical for a three-year-old than uh, staying in his room by himself. Who knows? And you know, his hugs and kisses kind of thing. Everything's crossed because they're they're, they're so excited yet they're they're almost they, they can't believe what they're seeing because it's clear that they haven't seen this before. Yeah, and again, sleep is one of those things. Some kids that have really bad sleep disorders are now sleeping better. So it just takes time to start balancing the whole system out. That's all. Mm. Here's another mom saying, Mikey is much more aware of what's going on. He's making new sounds and starting to blend them together. This morning he was saying ch and j sounds. We are so excited. He's also looking for his brother and wants to lay with him and cuddle. I mean, you know, this is the kind of stuff that makes my heart melt. It's so happy that they're seeing to, to the starting point of what you saw, of course, with your own son actually happening. And Robert, remember, this is just implementing just the just the transdermal technique that we developed. Um, I mean, this isn't even what we do with the IVs and stuff. I mean, we have some really unbelievable things. And I've actually thought every time I sit down with an office visit, I always think afterwards, I wish that had been recorded. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have recorded certain things. And they are very powerful, so you can actually experience the emotional change that's not only occurring in the child, but in the parents. You know, and you can feel the weight off their shoulders as they start to realize that, my God, this isn't what everybody's been telling me. And there is a light at the tu- end of the tunnel, and my child is going to end up being okay. Yeah. And that in itself is so empowering for them and for, obviously, anybody else that's listening, you know, including our staff and, and even myself. Yeah, and then another mom writes, the big change I saw on my son is the development of spontaneous appropriate and functional use of language that seems to be a theme here and then and then she says looking forward to restart the dmps wishing all of you the best i mean so they're very they're all sharing this amongst each other with all the patients here and she's looking to restart the dmps so we're talking about they're aware of the need to go to the next level i suppose Robert, that's exactly right. It is the next level. Some of these people had experienced the original version of the TDD and PS until all the issues with all the other pharmacies that came out. There were 1,700 pharmacies that came up with a product of their own version saying it worked just like ours, and of course it didn't. And now, of course, there's only two or three pharmacies after, what is it now, six, seven, eight, eight years later mm-hmm. that actually still have something, and even their stuff doesn't work the same way as ours. And you know, I didn't expect it ours to work any different. We just conjugated in a certain way with the cysteine, glycine, and glutamic acid. But regardless, some of these people have experienced the, the real benefit and then they weren't able to access it. And that's what the association did was allowed them to have access to it. And that's right. what Dr. Gabriel took part of. And, and it, it's really a labor of love type of a scenario as opposed to something else because I have said many times to patients as well as people that I'm lecturing in front of that I really have no interest in this. I will be the happiest person when there is no more autism. This is just a labor of love. And it's not even a labor of love for children or for mankind. It's actually a, a labor of love for my son. Yes. Who the, the deal was that, look, God, give me back my son and I'll never stop. And I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, fulfilling my obligation, that the one that I promised. And every time I see a child that gets better. I know that people would like to think, and I've even, I've had all these accolades, Robert. It's amazing how nice people think I am or give me all this credit. <laughs> but, you know, every child that gets better, I see my own son in them. Yes, yes. And, and, and I wish I could say that, yes, you know, I want to help all these children. 
and I, I mean, obviously I do, but my point is that I, I'm doing it for a selfish reason. I'm, I'm doing it because every time I see a child, I see my son getting better and I see another child that is going to do great things because each one of these children that's being affected, it's not even the average child. The thing is that this is the brightest and the most promising of our future generations that are being affected because I haven't proven it yet, but I believe that the allele that defines raw cognitive ability Mm -hmm. is the same allele, the same polymorphism that actually defines the inability to excrete. We've talked about that, and it is a stunning connection and link if we could ever prove it, but I've seen enough of this to know, and I think a lot of these parents, although some would say they're biased, recognize there's a great intelligence, there's something special about it. Absolutely. And and that's what we want to see happen, and you're keeping a promise to your son, of course, and we're helping everybody out here. Advanced Medicine Monday continues on the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rasha Bittar. All the links are up, and when we come back, I want to read a little bit more from the doctor, the nurse of the doctor, Gabriel and where this leads so you'll have a perspective because I know a lot of folks are gearing up for Autism One and we'll let you know the Friday and Saturday before Autism One in that very same city. Those of you who are already up in that area, you're going to want to come see Dr. Batar at the next Advanced Medicine Seminar. More on that as well after the break. The Robert Scott Bell in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Batar, I want to go back into the letter because this is how I kind of jumped into the body of it because I was so excited about what the moms were, were sharing about their kids and the recovery on your protocol. But the, the letter was coming from the, the, one of the nurses of Dr. Gabriel, one of the key nurses there. And she, she wrote, Dr. Batar, I thought you may be interested in the below responses, the ones we read last segment. I did uh, taken take that way. And it was to the question. All that was a response to the question of how is everyone doing on the first wave of the protocol? Prayers are being answered as usual. So thankful to you. She was telling you that by saying, well, I want you to read this. And she says, take care. God bless. That's Alyssa. Uh, or Elisa, I'm not sure. And Dr. that's Dr. Gabriel's nurse. So it really opened up that. Wow, she just put out the opening question to everybody. Hey, how's everybody doing? That's where this flooding of, of gratitude and excitement was coming from. Yeah, that's exactly right. She wanted me to just be aware of how much of an impact it was having on other people outside of our practice, which you know I appreciated her doing that. And we know how much it's affected other people, but it was nice that she sent that. Sure, sure. And you had thanked her. It was nice. But you know, here you go going in. Look upstairs. It's not me. You're, all credit goes to the creator. And of course, to, to her and her staff, the staff of Dr. Gabriel for taking the leap of faith and moving into, as you called it, resistance. And you're greatly appreciative of them, as am I. Those that are plugging into the association we've been talking about. And look at that. They're, look what they're doing here. Uh, so, I mean, your gratitude was gushing out to them and they were so grateful to you. Robert, I have no choice but to be grateful because I got my son back mm-hmm. and there have been so many other factors in my life that have helped me and, and guided me along with this. It, it, I can't even tell you. This is not of me. I know people. so many people have given me credit. <laughs> I've had even in many books like Evidence of Harm and there are other couple of books that are out there where I've been given some really powerful credit even though I wasn't interviewed and there, there was a quote in Evidence of Harm that from J.B. Hanley that I would be remembered as the authoritative figure in, you know, redefining autism and reversing autism. But I mean, I appreciate those type of accolades, but I I want everybody to understand this is not of me. This is Hmm. a, 
this is a phenomenon that's far, far greater than me, and I'm very grateful that I was a small part in helping to well, people listen, you're, to you're, realize this because to me, you know, the, the get get these kids better. It's not even just helping these kids; it's helping the human race. It's yes. actually sur- sur- helping to the human race survive what's been happening on this planet. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to embarrass you a little more then because I get it. I know what you're saying, but here, listen to this letter that uh, she sent to to Dr. Batar in response to that. Dr. Batar, with respect and sincerity. You are definitely on top of all the rest. I have been there, seen it, done it when it comes to the autism circuit. Dr. Jang, nine years ago, told me to pay attention to you, and she was absolutely 100% correct. Very toss. There's really just no words to thank you for truth. After 50 years being a doctor, one of the top Dan docs tells us to give pig worms. Not a single word about medals at the latest conference. Nonsense, she said. I'm adding the emphasis. We are lucky to have you, she says. Uh, P.S. Did Dr. G mention we recently had all vaccines tested and most still came up with some amount of mercury? One day I hope to meet you and thank you in person. I still have William's last DMPS bottle from 2006, uh, Elisa. I I mean, come on. That's amazing, Dr. Batara. I I just wish everybody else was listening to this because this is something everybody can tap into. Well, she actually treated her son or got her son treated through her doctor. And uh, to her credit, she wasn't a butterfly chaser. She did what she needed to. She endured through the difficult times and she recovered her son as have many, many hundreds, if not thousands of children now. And and we know that the numbers are almost 30,000 now worldwide. Yes. But I am grateful for people like her and for Dr. Gabriel and for everybody that has voiced the truth that have once done the part that they needed to do to see the evidence themselves and then to go out there and tell other people about the results that they've had in their own children. Because to me, the greatest sin, Robert, is that once you've recovered your child, you don't want to talk about it to anybody else. I have to remind everybody, people come in here, they're so emotional. They say, you know, I've seen so much change in my child and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that when my child recovers. But once the child fully recovers, they don't want to deal with it anymore because it's a bad memory and they don't want to have to remember it. And I tell people that it's an obligation that you have that if you found the right path out of that hellhole, mm-hmm. then help others find the same path. And I'm not talking about somebody coming to me. Believe me, I, I really don't. That, that has no motivation here. I want people to know that mercury is the problem. Get the mercury out. Stop putting it in the system. Stop putting it in the vaccine. Stop putting it in amalgam. Stop putting it in children. You know, Get rid of all these issues when they talk about the coal-burning fireplaces and they're talking about the steam plants and the combustion of fossil fuels and they're talking about releasing and relaxing the standards for mercury vapor inside the environment. We have too much freaking mercury vapor already. Every time there's a volcano that erupts, there's a, a unbelievable amounts of mercury that's emitted into the atmosphere. We need to eliminate this stuff, and so we don't have these issues with autism anymore. That's really what I want. And and if we doctors start treating, the more doctors that start treating, then the few doctors that are doing the right thing right now aren't going to be the fulcrum of what the tax from the medical boards and from the FDA, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, will be. Yeah, it will, exactly. And I, I look at what she referenced there, kind of like what we opened with today, Dr. Batar, these weird stories about, oh, my gosh, we found a microbe. Let's make a vaccine for it. Ignore the fact that the vaccines and all of its components, especially the mercury, are creating these problems. We'll just you know pin it on the, uh, the bacteria, and then they're going to give them pig worms. That's another thing that she referenced there. That's these kind of stories we do cover. 
vaccines. Yeah, the, the absurdity of treatments, and, and some of them may not be so absurd. Some of them may actually have some benefit, but the problem is it's still only a little itty-bitty amount that's right. going to benefit because they're not addressing the major Rail, cause. Right. You know, it's like saying that I think that if I get a better wheel for my car, it may have a smoother ride, but it has nothing to do with the engine. And, and the engine is what's clunking along and causing the car to, you know, sputter. And, and everybody, they're talking about the paint job or they're talking about a tire. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about the freaking engine. They're not talking about the thing that makes the car actually move and function. Yeah. And but- that's what my goal has been. And that's what more and more people that are starting to see the truth over the last, I mean, I've only been preaching this since, well, since 19, whatever it was, but it really became a big thing after the congressional testimony in 2004. And for me, it was already a big thing with my son. But honestly, Robert, Mm -hmm. I believe that right now, with every day, there are more and more people, and it's not growing at a linear rate, it's growing at an exponential rate where people are realizing the truth, that everything is garbage. When they talk about autism, 95% of what they're going to hear is garbage. Whether you're going to a traditional doctor or you're going to an alternative doctor or you're going to a, you know whatever doctor more and more people are understanding that do you know that i have more patients that come to me right now that are going to dan uh, the dan conference or have been to the dan conference and have been to dan doctors and they come to me and they said that that it, it, you know they, they either had no results or very minimal results and they're just sick of it and these are the doctors that are supposed to be focusing in on autism and yet they're not addressing mercury. To me, that is like, you know, I would much rather be a traditional doctor and have my head in the sand <laughs> than to be a Dan doctor or one of these other doctors, the so-called doctors that are helping, trying to help children with autism yeah. and never address mercury because then they're just liars. Yeah, that we, we can't st- I can't stomach that. And that's why I want to get the, cut through all of that, get this information out. And I know we got a lot of moms and dads out there around the world and, of course, anxious to, to get out to Chicago for the Autism One Conference. I couldn't get you in in time. But again, as I said, you'll, you'll be there with me in spirit. In fact, you'll be there a week early. The, the conference starts the 22nd. But for all my, our healthcare providers that listen to this, and you could be a naturopath, a homeopath, an MD, a DO, a DC, a massage therapist, whatever you're doing in the healing arts, you plan to come, please, the 17th of May, prior to Autism One. If you're already going to be in the Chicago area, come on a little early. Friday is for all healthcare providers and Saturday, too. And then on Saturday, all you moms and dads out there who may not be doctors, but maybe as smart as some of them, maybe smarter, plan to come to the Saturday version of the Advanced Medicine Seminar, and it will profoundly transform you and empower you in many of these ways. And you'll be able to plug into not only what Dr. Batar shares, but others, and you'll be able to meet other docs of like mind that may have already integrated this. So you'll have another uh, way to, let's say, bring these kids back out. And Robert, I just want to say that I appreciate what you said about that uh, meeting that's happening in Autism One. I have been there. I've spoken there a couple of times. I think what happened was when the boards came after me and the massive battle that started in 2007 that finally culminated in 2010 that we've talked about before. Yes. I think that they, uh, many of the organizations backed off because. Too much heat, too much controversy. Yeah. 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 And you know, you know that when it's time to walk through the fire. Uh, everybody's going to back off and, and run. So, but you were you were made for it. You were made to walk through it, and and you're still still standing. And and the proof and you're is saying that sometimes you you don't feel so much I that know. when you're walking through it. Oh, but no, I know. I'll tell you that um, I know that the path 
that I was supposed to, I was never, nobody told me that I was going to have an easy path and I never expected an easy path. And believe me, the rewards at the end, it doesn't matter because they're far, so far exceed everything else anyway. I would walk through a thousand of those paths again if I had to all by myself. So I have no issues with that. But I think that a lot of the organizations did back off and they're, you know, it's a fear motivation, which is, I think, a fear motivation with parents too when they're dealing with their children and they don't know when it's something not new, when, sure, when it's something sure. that's new, excuse me, and when it's something that other doctors are telling them they, they shouldn't try or, you know, be careful, this is quackery or this is going to leach the calcium out of your child and the bones won't develop. And all these, you well, know. Well, let me, let me just say this. For all of our new listeners, recent listeners, those of you going to Autism One that have not been plugged into the Robert Scott Bell Show for a long time, particularly the Advanced Medicine Mondays with Dr. Bittar, go back through Medical Rewind. We've got archives linked up, uh, over 100 shows, more than that now, and incredible. And we've touched on this subject many times, so there's a lot to catch up on. But in the meantime, plan to be the 17th of May and the 18th of May in Chicago. We'll get that information up. I have it linked in the show notes. We've got to take a break. We've got a quick segment left to wrap it up today on Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Bataro, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Once again, I want to remind everybody, especially all our new listeners, that the nine steps to keep the doctor away, Dr. Rasha Bittar's international bestseller, it's translated into a, a lot of languages for those of you listening around the world, is available and it is quite extraordinary. It, it, it catalogs not only Dr. Bittar's journey, but a lot of the methods and the simplicity, the principles that we tie in and weave into every show together and why we're, you know, why we, we connect so well in, in relating these things. And of course, why it's so exciting that anybody and everybody can attend the Advanced Medicine Seminar coming up in Chicago, the 17th and 18th. That's a Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday for all the docs, all the kinds of docs, and Saturday for everybody to join in. And it's something that is so profound. And one of the things, Dr. Batar, people still ask me, how do I find a doctor to help me? How do I find a doctor to help my kid? There are not enough Dr. Batars to go around, or I can't go to Charlotte or wherever you are, and this is a way. Well, it is, Robert. And one thing that, you know, the way we close a show and the way you've always done this with, with your show, the power to heal is yours. If truly we believe that, then we should actually have the doctor and the parents all together. And I've had a couple comments made to me like that. So I just want to clarify that the reason we have a separate day for the actual providers is to help them get the tools that they need to be able to spread the power to heal Mm -hmm. for everybody because there are certain things that, that lay people don't have access to. Legally, they don't have access to it. So that's the reason we try to do it that way. And then we include the doctors together with the rest of the people on the second day. So I just wanted to make sure that I had an opportunity to kind of clarify that because we do believe, I know, Robert, you believe this, and, and I love that message that the power to heal is yours because it truly is every individual person's power themselves. But is, so, isn't that one of the greatest challenges for parents that have vaccine-damaged children, you know, due to the, the, the reasons we've talked about, that they feel so disempowered because even the experts are scratching their heads, or if they're not, they're sending these people off on goose chases. And I'm not saying that all of them are, are meaning to do that, but that's just what the nature, of, unfortunately, of what the medical profession is today. No, that's absolutely true. And that's the reason we're trying to guide people in the right direction. And, and I obviously very deeply appreciate 
your role in helping me to do that, Robert. Absolutely. And of course, we talked also about the private trade association, this concept of getting out of the public domain so that this kind of information can be shared freely, not only among health practitioners, but among the lay public that are impacted. And right now, if you try to do it in a, in a public way, that information is often censored or attacked by the medical authorities or the governmental regulators. And Robert, not only are the people that attack the parents, but even the people that are trying to help them, the providers can come under professional attack and their livelihoods can be taken away. In fact, one of the deals that was proposed to me during my battle, in fact, it came down to it was all an issue of autism. They wanted me to stop treating autism and they wanted me to stop treating cancer. And they said if I did that, they'd leave me alone, which obviously I couldn't do that because ethically, morally, my fiduciary responsibility, anything if there is a single moral and anybody has, you can't stop doing something that's actually helping people no matter what the cost is. And that's why I refuse to stop. And it was a three-and-a-half-year battle. And then, of course, you know, we know, you know what all happened. And, hmm. yeah, I had to make that decision. Do I, do I make a deal with the devil and <laughs> keep my office or do I tell the devil to go to hell and lose everything that I've got? And that's basically what I ended up doing. And, you know, God still – um, blessed me and, and took care of a lot of the things. But my point is that you're absolutely right what you just said. And the reason we're doing it in a controlled fashion, in a fashion that doesn't expose doctors and other providers and even the parents themselves, because you know that how many times parents have been singled out because of them not refusing to do certain types of treatments, whether it's chemo for a child with cancer right, right. or conventional um, vaccine yes. regimens for a child that has autism. So we, we want to protect everybody. Right. And, and the, the association that's been set up, and we've got a special access for Robert Scott Bell Show listeners. Of course, those of you who come to Dr. Batar directly or through some of the trained doctors that he's worked with have other access points too. But we wanted to make it as easy as possible. And if you sign up for email alerts at Robert Scott bell.com will send you out the code and the access for that and especially for laypersons it'll be practically free i mean it'll be like a dollar or two just to the you've got to confirm that it's you when you sign up that's the point of it but basically and you can probably get that back, you'll definitely be able to get it back because there are things that you'll be able to do with that as well but dr Batar, thank you so much can't wait to see you soon and in the meantime you know what we have left to say don't you the power to heal is yours Sounds so good when you say it. <laughs> we'll, be back. Good when say it. we'll be back next week with more of Dr. Batar, but thank you all for being here. <laughs>